It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. There is an AFC East showdown this weekend between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. This is basically winner takes all. We're going to be previewing that game tonight. The Packers' Devontae Adams faces the most double coverage in the NFL. You know who doesn't? Stephon Diggs. And I want to know where he ranks amongst all wide receivers. We got to talk a little bit about Jonathan Taylor. I hear about Tom Brady. I hear about Aaron Rodgers. I've even heard a little bit about Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, every name under the Jonathan Taylor has to be MVP. Maybe, right? Could to be? I'm not sure. Guys, we're going to get a little controversial tonight. We're going to get a little bit rough because I got my boy Mario from Hashtag Sports. We all know who he is. We all know what he does. We all know what he's all about. To me, Tom Brady is the undisputed GOAT. And I'm going to allow Mario to change my damn mind here on Talking Football with Ray. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. And believe it or not, my name is Ray, and I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in five, four, three, two, one. Zero. What's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. Guys, make sure that you smash that like button, hit subscribe. Don't forget to hit that little notification bell so you know every time that I go live or every time I post a video. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. You can also go to the business account at Talking With Ray. Don't forget I cover the Patriots and the NFL over on Newsbreak. I do short vlogs for them every single day. I also cover the entire NFL. That's right, the National Football League. Everybody over on the mother station, DeanBlundell.com. Again, that's DeanBlundell.com. You can find my blogs and my podcast over on the website that is called DeanBlundell.com. Have I said it enough, Dean? DeanBlundell.com. All the links are in the description Ladies and gentlemen, it is Wednesday, December the 22nd. We are here to discuss a little bit of Patriots, a little bit of Bulls, or a little bit of Patriots, a little bit of Bills, not the Bulls. We're not talking about Chicago. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills. We got an AFC East showdown this weekend. I got my boy Mario over from Hashtag Sports. You can find them on YouTube. Just look up Hashtag Sports. You can also find them on Twitter at Hashtag 2, the number 2, points, P-O-I-N-T, 0. Mario, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm great. It's it's great to have, you know, it's like a big fight feel this week with the Patriots and, and the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, a lot of Patriot fans may not think that, but um, it's, it's, it's a big week for both teams, uh, nonetheless. Biggest game in the season, and I know we're going to get a little bit deeper into it here in a minute, but <laughs> uh, I'll tell you one thing, man, and I, I said this a thousand times and i'll probably say it when i set it up when we get to the topic this game if it all if it comes down and the patriots end up in a wild card spot end up playing on the road if something even more disastrous happens they don't make the playoffs 
this isn't the game I'm going to be looking at, man. It's going to be last Saturday's game against the Colts because we could, the Patriots could have made this Sunday mean nothing. They really could have, they could have, it could have meant something, but it could have been, it would have made things a lot more difficult for those Buffalo bills this weekend. I was winner take all. And if, Either team, whatever team wins this Sunday, controls their own destiny going forward because they'll have the Patriots win. They have the tiebreaker because of the head-to-head. If the Bills win, they have the tiebreaker because of the conference because of the division wins because the Patriots are, uh, I believe, they'll be tied for the conference, and uh, so it'll go to the division. And they have, because of that loss of the Miami Dolphins, and then I mean, then the Patriots fans were praying for a Jets win over the Bills, and we can't see that happening. So, big big <laughs> weekend, which again. Um, you know, winning last Saturday would have made things a lot easier. Just so everybody knows, too, I was I had some personal stuff going on, and I put all my energy towards that Patriots game and got so pissy that I actually texted Mario the next morning and just apologized for just being a whiny little bitch on Twitter after the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even, you know, I was like, you know, and I explained it to Ray, like, see, because Ray and I talk off camera obviously we're both passionate about our teams that we we do uh we do appreciate and we cover and whatnot majority of the time so i was like man i don't i don't take any of that stuff seriously that's public public knowledge you know i i know the kind of man you are kind of person you are and you know the family man and everything else that's intertwined so i i I didn't take that to heart at all so you're good i don't do this often i don't do this often at all but i am gonna share just so i can set this all up for everybody just we gotta we gotta tickle the audience a little bit right things... <laughs> oh so i text mario the topics for tonight and i'm like here we go we're previewing the bills and patriots uh we're gonna talk about Devonte adams but more i more want to talk about where does stefan dig ranks amongst all, all receivers should jonathan taylor be mvp he's cool with all that and i write tom brady is the undisputed goat changed my mind he replies back, oh, Jesus Christ, that last one's a joke, right? I say, <laughs> nope. He tells me, you ain't ready for that. I said, bring it. You're going to be at a loss. Zero mention of Deflategate, and I'm holding him this. Spygate, or nope. any other fucking fences. No mention of his demeanor during games, and nothing about other quarterbacks. This is between me and ugly down in Tampa. You ain't ready. So now I am ready because now I'm excited. Now I want to know what's going to come out. Because I got slaughtered this week, just so everybody knows. Because Mm. a colleague of mine over at Dean Blondell wrote an article about Tom Brady. In fact, I'm going to tell you guys what it's called because the title actually made me laugh. Anyways, Dean tweets it out the owner of DeanBlundell.com, the boss that we all report to. Important that I, I bring that up. And he acts me in the tweet, Uh-oh. which means you have a football audience, retweet it, whatever, right? The article That's... written by my boy rookie, Chris Rook, writes, Tom Brady gets shut out for the first time in 15 years and proceeds to act like a huge crybaby. And I just got slammed, slaughtered, and destroyed because I, God forbid, shared out that thing. What was I going to do? Tell my guy, no? No, Dean, I'm not retweeting that. Don't at me in that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, if he's going to tweet out an article that I wrote called There Are 47 Quarterbacks Better Than Cam Newton, then... <laughs> I was crying over that. That was gold. 
yeah then yeah lawrence just i already see like the thing is guys what happens i already have these articles written ahead of time they're already wrote they're ready to go the, the tom brady one is written for tonight i do this clip I, I do this show with mario i clip it out i take a quote from him that's how we set it all up that's how it works that thing was titled last night okay titled and i had to change it to there's 47 quarterbacks better than cam newton because <laughs> that could have been the greatest greatest fucking line in the history of i don't know what you call us youtube media oh my god oh man uh, i want to say hi to the chat here before we get started roy says dolphin fan <laughs> first go get him ray appreciate you and he says oh mario good people gonna be a great game do you know roy he must know you good guy i like this roy yep uh yeah very nice mike is here edward is here new guy everybody's a new guy if you're not a uh, new guy if you're not <laughs> if you're not connor you're a new guy i've been a new guy for three weeks <laughs> Jaden says go pats appreciate everybody here my boy david's in here what up ray what up chat fellas good man doordash monster if you're a door i mean how much doordash do you get if you're a doordash monster says let's go pats some douchebag called uh, hashtag sports is in here. <laughs> Say hi to everybody. <laughs> and uh, Silent Night says, sorry, we're playing with house money. And we are. And I've told you that in the past that I feel like the Patriots are playing with house money. Mm -hmm. Anyways, guys, we're going to take a quick little break here. Here from my sponsors over at Newsbreak. We're going to come back on the other side. Mario and I are going to discuss all the topics. We're going to break down this game. And then we're going to get to the Tom Brady thing at the end. Don't worry. I know where we got to go. <laughs> When you join, over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody, so please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. And we're back live here on Talking Football with Ray. Mario's not laughing at me this week. My voice must be sounding better. Don't forget, smash that like button, press subscribe, hit the little notification bell. I've heard if I tell you to do that, it's better for the channel. So we'll go. And if you're listening on the podcast, like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. If you're watching on Twitter, uh, you know, do that thing where you like it. You hit the little heart and follow me. Uh, I've been blowing up. I've, I, I, I somehow signed up. I don't know how I did it. You know that thing that tells you how many people followed you and how many people unfollowed you? Yeah. I just get that notification every week that just says dozens of people followed you. And then it's always like five that unfollow me. And I swear to God, it's the same five that just keep following, unfollowing, following, unfollowing. It's like when, you know, you get that one dislike on every video and you just want to know who the one dislike is. It's like you get like 75 likes, one dislike. And you're just like, I want to know so badly who pressed that dislike button. Who hurt you? What happened? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, so boy. the New England Patriots... The Buffalo Bills, big game this weekend. I think it's fair enough that we can call this winner-take-all. Uh, whatever team wins the game will control their own destiny moving forward when it comes to that AFC East. And, of course, if the Pittsburgh Steelers could beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 
getting beat up by that COVID-19 bug going around, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill both on the COVID reserve list, well, mm. they could control their own destiny all the way to the AFC. If the Patriots win, they control their own destiny. And if the, if the Patriots win and the Dolphins lose, the Patriots clinch the AFC East on Sunday. If the Patriots win and the Dolphins win and the Patriots win against the Jaguars week 17, they clinch the East. If the Buffalo Bills win the game on Sunday, they have every tiebreaker against the Patriots. All they have to do is beat the New York Jets. And who else are you playing? The New York Atlanta. Jets and the Atlanta Falcons. And you know, Buffalo's not losing to the New York Jets or the Atlanta Falcons. I know, and I'm not even saying this in jest. We know they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but yeah. at this point of the season, it's not happening. Good teams don't lose those kind of games week 16, 17, 18. So nonetheless, huge game this weekend, huge implications on both sides. Both fan bases have been on fire for the last 20 days since the last game um, <laughs> in Buffalo. I'm sure Bills fans are expecting to see more than three passes from Mac Jones. Uh, weather's going to be almost similar to what we saw in Buffalo. Wind's not as strong, but a cold, windy, rainy day in New England. Uh, it's going to be a good Sunday game. One o'clock, a little surprised it wasn't flexed. I thought this would have been a perfect flex game to put out there. I think I think that a primetime game, the entire nation would have been watching. Huge game. I'm not going to look at my boy, Mario. Let's break it down. How scared are you going into this weekend? Come on. How are you shaking in your boots? Are you terrified? No, no. What are you, uh, what are you seeing this weekend? I, I heard uh, one of your defensive tackles coming out and saying, you know, uh, we watched the Colts game. We figured out how to make them one dimensional. You talk about Bill Belichick, never doing the same thing twice, knowing how to change mm -hmm. things. Do you like defensive tackles coming out and talking about, Oh yeah, we figured them out. I don't like anybody talking about anything. If if one if there's one thing that Bill's really good at, he's really good at, at getting that billboard material. But it almost seems like a moot point right now with the billboard material because both teams know how huge this game is. I mean, the Patriots have had a stranglehold over the AFC East for the past 20 years. The Bills crept in there. And now, you know, coming at it being the hunter versus the hunted, you know, and the Bills have not done themselves any favors this year being the Jekyll and Hyde team that they are. And, uh, you know, Paul and I, you know, he says it all the time, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna fool Bill once, not twice ever. And he always happens to have a way to mix it up. The Pats may come out and throw 15 times in a row, start the game, totally put Buffalo on their heels with the, with the, uh, with the breakdowns going, that's going on. Um, we haven't fully seen the effects of losing Tredavious White in the secondary because Hyde and Poyer have been really taking care of it, everything on the back end. You got an undrafted free agent and a seventh round pick as you're starting corners and you you lost on an overtime touchdown to Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh and and since then, I mean the the, the, the statistics will be swayed a little bit because of that three attempt game. But uh this could be a true test for the Buffalo Bills secondary and what Mac Jones and um Josh McDaniels have planned for the Bills. Mitch Ryan says, can't wait for the Bills or for Bill to own the team that they named after him again. I got to tell you, so this is, anybody doesn't know him, this guy, I know Mitch Ryan is, is we call him, we refer to him as Rhino. If you're here to talk about Rhino, this is the man. So I put out a little teaser today that I've been, I've been approached by a, a pretty big sports organization and uh, wanted me to do some work. And I, throw out a little joke like i've talked a lot of shit about this company should i should it be true to me or should i sell out and somebody wrote no you got to don't sell out stay true to yourself and he replied with uh 
poor people. What did he write? Poor people stay true or poor have people pride. have morals. Yeah. I just loved it. I was like fantastic. <laughs> that was great. Absolutely fantastic. Um, l- listen, um, are you worried about the amount that they're running Josh Allen at this point? Um, no, because they they happen to they happen to uh, stave off of that. I mean, I think Allen was taking over the game in Tampa last week. Uh, I think the injury they wanted to make a concerted effort to run the football, and you know Devin Single carried the ball twenty two times in the previous, I believe, three games he carried it twenty nine. So they made a concerted effort to try to get the running game going because they knew they were going to have to need that. They were going to need that for for the Patriots game. Singletary was running the ball hard. It seemed like he got stronger as the game went on. Uh, Buffalo Bills had to do some shuffling up on that offensive line. They lost their left tackle, Deion Dawkins. They moved Spencer Brown over to left tackle, who was normally the right tackle, the rookie. Uh, he had a little trouble, and uh, that's that's pretty much my biggest worry for the game. It's not so much Allen running, because I think Allen will run uh, a few times if he needs to, but I think they're going to make a more concerted effort to have the actual running backs run the ball and Allen try to pick apart that secondary. How did you feel about the uh, the game against the Panthers? Uh, there, there's not really much you could take from the Panthers game and apply it to the New England Patriots game. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, I, I called it a, during our post game, I called it an inter squad scrimmage because of so much familiarity between players and coaches between Carolina and, and Buffalo. What was going on? Uh, I mean, it, it, it played out exactly as I thought it would play out because Sean McDermott had a front row seat for Cam Newton for what, six years? And he knew what his weaknesses were, what his strengths were, and where to attack them. And, and the running game was really the only thing. With CMC out, it was a pretty much a foregone conclusion for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Weaknesses and strength. Did you see some of the throws he was making? It wasn't the throw. The, oh, the throw last he pick. threw behind the, the throw. How about the throw he threw behind Rob, Robbie Anderson? Which I say to this day is the is now why Matt Rule is talking about Sam Darnold coming back. <laughs> <laughs> That wide out throw that should have been a handoff when he just I don't even know what the fuck he was they, doing. They it's the funniest throw. The, they announced during the game, like rule was talked about. They said, Well, if you took the records off of the Bills and the Panthers, they're pretty much the same team. I'm like, because of their both of their past defenses, there's other aspects to the game. Are you really comparing now? The one thing I wanted to say that I was that Josh, you mentioned Josh Allen running. The effects of him running too much. The Buffalo Bills and the organization saw what the result of that is looking across the field at Cam Newton when you when you try to run the ball your quarterback too much. That is what the end result is. I mean, he's not going to have a very sustainable career if the Bills keep running him the way that they run him. And it, it can't it's not a good thing. Oh, is this it? Oh, okay. The greatest throw in the history of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> that was a shot put. <laughs> <laughs> look at it! Look where it yeah. is! Look where he throws it! <laughs> wow! Oh God! Wow. Like I, I've watched that probably. Connor and I have watched it. I watched it with Lawrence last night. I wrote an 47. article about it and included it, and I fucking laughed about it. <laughs> oh my God! That oh, was man. cool. He said he's a 47th best score. I would love to look at that list of, of the 46 guys ahead of him. <laughs> Cam Newton said there isn't 32 quarterbacks better than him. There are 40. I reckon there are 47 other quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. <laughs> greatest, greatest line in the history of the world. All oh right, Lawrence God. Owen has a real question here. He says, uh, would the Bills take the ball if they got the coin flip in hopes of scoring early and possibly taking a step to making New England one-dimensional? 
Bill Belichick is possibly the greatest adjustment guy at halftime that I've ever seen in the NFL. Um, but he also has a wonderful script to confuse quarterbacks at the early at the onset of the game. So I would rather have the ball and try to give the Patriots a little bit of their own poison where I would rather have the ball to start the second half to try to do that, even though it seems like kind of what I just said. But you have to try to maximize the possessions that you're going to get because Bill is going to try to limit the amount of possessions that the Buffalo Bills offense gets. So I would say trying to make your necessary adjustments for halftime. I mean, he knows Dayball. He definitely knows Dayball that they, you know, and they run a very similar type system that the Patriots ran for years with a little bit of wrinkles here and there. But I, I would say that I would I would let Mac Jones get the ball first and see what they have, just so the Buffalo Bills defense can try to adjust as quickly as possible to what the Patriots are going to try to do. Okay. Stone Cold Lawrence Owen. I Stone love Cold it. Lawrence Owen. Yeah. <laughs> it it's gotten a lot of uh uh, it, it's gotten a lot of, of play. Oh, I apologize. He drives for DoorDash. That's food, right? Yes, it is. I don't think we have DoorDash here. We have Uber Eats mm-hmm. and we have Skip the Dishes. That's our... Yeah, we, our... we don't have Skip the Dishes. Well, we, we do, just not in my area. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we have DoorDash in Canada. It's like, uh, we don't... I don't think we have Lyft here. We only have Uber. Like, you guys have, like, Lyft and these other sort of drive companies as well. Yes. Yes. I, I've thought of, of driving for one of those food delivery places. So you can make some good money, man. If you if you hit a hot time like a dinner rush and stuff, and do that true. a few times a week, very true. I'm a I just don't want anybody in my car at all ever. Well, you don't have to deliver <laughs> deliver food. Don't no. Be so, I thought you were talking about Lyft and Uber again. No, 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 okay. no. Uh, <laughs> how many backup quarterbacks are in the NFL? And Cam is no better than those. Uh, okay, they're still on Cam Newton. I want. I thought there was. <laughs> Uh, Mitch, Mitch says, if I'm the Bills, I'm taking the ball and marching down the field because if they let Max settle into the game, it could get ugly. We know they can't stop the run. That is true. The Buffalo Bills defense is heavily built to stop the pass. And I will agree. I will definitely agree with that 100%. But I am going to say, though, the, the Indianapolis Colts weren't really built to stop the run either. They're not a great run-stopping defense, and they shut down the Patriots' run game last week just by being well, more physical. against. If the you make a concerted effort, to try to do that, then that could be something that, you know, they were going to, they, they made the conscious decision to say, listen, we want Mac Jones to beat us. Um, the Buffalo bills tried an approach similar to that with the crazy win game. Well, the problem was you had multiple mistakes on one play that led to the Patriots going into the wind and rushing for a 60 yard touchdown because over pursuit and, you know, you had an eight man box. You know what I mean? It was just, it was blocked up perfectly. It was one cut and gone. Like, you know, when you break that level, you're gone. And the Patriots were able to maintain, contain. They were able to uh, maintain their lanes a lot of times in the Patriot game. So that was the result of that. If you make a concerted effort to just say, Mac Jones is going to beat us, their running game is not going to beat us, then I think you're going to have a shot. But Jones has proven that he could throw the ball deep. He could throw the ball across the middle. He could throw the ball, you know, short. He could do a lot of different things for you. So that is that is the the rub, as they say. So it's going to be interesting to see. Who's going to be your featured back this week? Because Devin Singletary looked uh, pretty good against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. I thought that he he should get more opportunity. 
you have who's the other one? I don't I don't know why I have Brita in my head. It's not Brita, right? Is it Brita? No. Zach Moss is the other Zach running Zach back. Moss. No. Mm-hmm. And that's I think you had three running backs. Yeah, Matt Brita, Zach Matt Moss, Brita. and Devin Singletary. Yeah. Singletary was the feature back, then they drafted Moss the following year. And then uh, they just added Matt Breida this year on a one-year deal. Uh, but Breida is the one guy that can hit the edges for you. I don't know if the Buffalo Bills uh, can hit the edges. Um, and even if they do on the Patriots, they have enough team speed to try to catch up to Breida. So I don't know if Breida would be a guy in there. The other thing that the Buffalo Bills were showing a lot last week was they were showing a lot of their jet sweep motions with Isaiah McKenzie. And with uh, with the loss of Cole Beasley, um, he's really the next guy up as far as that slot wide receiver goes. So he might there might be some jet sweeps to try to get them to go outside. I just fear the fact that they're, they're going to run a jet sweep and Judon's going to put McKenzie in the fourth row. That's the thing that worries me about that. I've seen the reaction this week to uh, Cole Beasley going on the COVID-19 reserve list, mainly from Patriots fans. Um, and, I mean, I think the reaction was because of how outspoken – Beasley has been rather than anything else. There's lots of players in, in the NFL who have been on the COVID list who aren't vaccinated. Um, but Aaron Rodgers got toasted for it. Now Beasley's getting toasted for it. And I think it's just Rodgers because of the way it all came out and Beasley because he's been outspoken. What's been the reaction around Buffalo to Beasley getting put on the COVID list? Is it a negative or a defensive? How are like what's the overall feel from the, the Buffalo crowd? Well, me, you know, I don't I tend to not get too political. You know, I tend you to, don't. You know, I'm just wondering what other people white, are saying. Yeah, I, I tend to ignore that that white noise. The, the main part is that you're not going to have him for the game. I think that's the biggest that's been the biggest uh noise out of Buffalo right now is the fact that Beasley's not going to be playing in this game. So you're gonna have to try to make some um adjustments there. The fact that Gabe Davis has been stepping up, uh Buffalo Bill fans are hopeful. But he's not. He doesn't really play that slot role. He's more of an outside guy. So as far as the uh, political, it, it's in there. You know, it, it's in, it's 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 peppered in there every once in a while. Like, oh, we'll see. You know, well, if you would have, uh, but you know, uh, a lot of teams are having this happen. I think the fact that a lot of teams are having this happen around the league, especially to a greater degree, the Buffalo Bills have been pretty good with with the amount of guys that they've had that have tested positive. So, um, in keeping with that thought. I think it's more of an overall NFL issue more than focused on just Beasley at this point. Yeah, I think just the focus went on Beasley because of he was just so outspoken. Not was he just outspoken about it, he got defensive about it too, as as people called like, let's face it, nobody's. If you or I tweet at Cole Beasley, he should not be replying to us. You no. know what I mean? Like we're no. like that's punching down in so many levels, and he punched down a lot this summer. So I know the general national reaction to him has been very, very negative. But sometimes in those situations, like I'll I'll go back to the Tyree Kill situation when 31 other fan bases are going at that guy, you had the Kansas City Chiefs defending vigorously. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I was just wondering, I wasn't really wanting to get into the political side of things. I was more wondering, like, is there more defense for Cole Beasley? Like, you know, the guy can make his own fucking choice and blah, blah, blah. Or is it more like, fuck Beasley? Like, it's like a mixed Cole. bag. It really is a mixed, mixed bag. It is very mixed um, up up around here. So, I mean, it's because he was so outspoken, you're going to have people that defend him that are genuine loyal fans that maybe don't know anything about what's going on. And, yeah. you know, and that's not a knock. I'm just saying a lot of people don't know the protocols and whatnot that's going on. And there's people that defend the protocols and say, see, you know what? You should have mm-hmm. been talking. You know what I mean? So, but yeah. it is kind of a mixed bag up here in Western New York. All right. All right. Cause so we're going to move on. I was just wondering what, what it was like. Cause yeah. I always, I always find it interesting to see what the reaction from the fan base is for the player, regardless of what the, the controversy yeah. may be. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I saw a really, really interesting stat that came out today. So uh, Dwayne McFarland was putting out double coverage and what they call what they call help coverage across the league. And some of the names on the list actually surprised me. So he put out first, he put the percentage of players uh, that are just wide receivers strictly and Devontae Adams, 27 and a half times, almost 30% of the time, Devontae Adams is either double coverage or double help. DK Metcalf, 26.5 makes sense. Cooper cup, 25.9 makes sense. George Kittle, 25.3 makes sense. Tyler Lockett, 24.2. That one was a little bit. Terry McLaurin's at 23.9. A.J. Brown's at 23.4. Debo Samuel's at 22.5. And then Chase Claypool's at 22.3. A couple of names that I I felt were off that list, Tyreek Hill being one of those guys, Stephon Diggs from the Buffalo Bills being one of those guys. A a couple of names that were on the list kind of made me, you know, raise an eyebrow. How is George Kittle in double coverage? fourth most in the nfl but travis kelsey doesn't make the list you think that he would be a guy that you don't want to run free Uh, i just found it to be very very interesting chase claypool was another interesting one i mean we know how good he is as a receiver but he's kind of regressed this year for the pittsburgh steelers we've seen some of that regression but seeing that stat made me say well has he really regressed or has chase claypool just been under double coverage for 20 percent of the year 22 percent of the year and you got a young kid as a second year who wouldn't have seen any double coverage last season when he got into the NFL. So he's sort of been noticed around uh, the National Football League. Uh, he then followed up with then uh, the true bracket coverage is pretty rare. Devontae Adams is number one. Darren Waller's number two. Hunter Renfro, three. Cooper Cup, four. Tyree Kill, five. Justin Jefferson, six. Terry McLaurin, seven. Amari Cooper is eight. Debo Samuel is nine. DK Metcalf is 10. And Travis Kelsey comes in at 11. Again, another glaring hole of Stefan Diggs. I have my friend Mario here. I want to talk about it. As I said to you, the story is Devontae Adams faces the most double coverage, and that makes total sense to me. I think that, Devont- to me, in the current era of, of run- or wide receivers, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. However, I see Stephon Diggs as one of those top guys in the NFL. He doesn't come in the top 10 on either list. Where do you rank Stephon Diggs? Um, across, I almost called him Gilmore. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs across all the wide receivers in the NFL. Well, as, as far as a just a pure route runner, as far as his talent goes, I would I'd put him in top three, top five, as far as a pure route runner. The other thing you have to realize is that give me, give me the top three once again, uh, or, or the top four of the double coverage, not bracket, the double coverage. You had Devontae Adams. Number two was who? Uh, so you got Devontae Adams. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking at the wrong side. Devontae, okay. DK Metcalf is number two. DK Metcalf. Number three is Cooper Cup. Cup. Okay. Four, four is George Kittle. Okay. So you got you got Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, George, uh, uh, Garoppolo, and uh, Stafford. Yeah. You look at Josh Allen compared to those four guys. You could say Russell Wilson maybe because – but he moves in the pocket to manipulate the pocket to but keep his eyes downfield. Rodgers, he gets the ball out quicker than anybody. He's a guy that will manipulate the pocket as well. Stafford's the same way. And Garoppolo, I, I think you and I both agree, he's not a runner. Correct. When you want to double cover a wide receiver, you're going to have to play some type of man or take a guy away from who's going to be paying attention to the quarterback. And with the amount of, of times that Josh Allen runs, you can't really do that a lot. So you're going to have to play zone in order to keep everything in front of you. 
You're going to have to do and, – and the guy that gets bracketed more – I don't know what the statistics are, but the guy that would get bracketed on that team more would probably be Dawson Knox, who runs those underneath routes, and Cole Beasley. So then you're leaving you're leaving Diggs out there. You know, okay, we'll put a safety over the top. It's not really bracket coverage. And then, you know, how do they determine the bracket coverage? You know, if you have a corner on, on Stephon Diggs and you drop a linebacker into the zone underneath him where Allen is going to have to try to fit it in a tight window, how do you determine if that's bracket or that's just zone? So that that is one of the things I think why um, – Diggs is probably off the list. Plus the addition of Emmanuel Sanders to the Buffalo Bills, you can't really just devote all of your attention to Stephon Diggs in that offense because of the emergence of Dawson Knox, who's leading all tight ends and touchdowns, because of Emmanuel Sanders, because of the emergence of Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley. I mean, prior to this week, you have so many weapons, plus Allen's legs you got to account for. So a lot of those things probably take away from the fact that they would probably want to double Stephon Diggs if there were no other weapons. And, you know, the same thing, you know, going, you said Travis Kelsey on on that list to get doubled. Well, they're probably playing single high, one guy on, on, on Hill with a single guy over the top. And they're just trying to let their linebackers take care of Kelsey, which can't, they can't do it. So, um, and and Mahomes is a guy that will move and manipulate the pocket, but he's not really a runner. I mean, Allen's like a runner. So I think the quarterbacks of those teams determine whether or not defenses will play certain coverages against those wide receivers. Let's talk a little bit about Devontae Adams for a second. Um, I started off by saying that I believe he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Would you dispute me on that? Because you dispute me a lot about any any sort of time <laughs> I say, this guy's the best, this guy should be here. Would you dispute me on Devontae Adams? I would not, but I also think that it's a lot of times it's not the one, it's the magician. Look who his okay. quarterback is. You know what I mean? I think that's a big factor that goes on. I mean, we talk about – you look at Cooper Cup in the season that he's having in the NFL right now. There's only one other quarter. There's only one other receiver that even approached 2,000 yards receiving in the NFL, and that was Megatron. Oh, guess who both of their quarterbacks were? Matt yeah. Stafford. So it's it's something to be said about the guy that's pulling the trigger for the guy that's you know. Uh, Rodgers has done that for so many receivers over so many years. Adams is just a he's just a special talent. He's a, just a real special talent. Second best quarterback in the NFL. Okay, let's get to the uh <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. We'll we'll get there. Okay, so Jonathan Jones is having a season. Let me start with the traditional stats of Jonathan Jones, shall I? Just to, Taylor, to break Taylor, it down. Taylor, Sorry, Jonathan friend. Taylor. There you go. Why Jonathan Jones is a cornerback. I thought he was a UFC fighter. Here's what we're gonna do. Oh, sorry, John Jones is a UFC fighter, yes. <laughs> No, we have a we have a, we have a Jay Jones. Yeah, I got you. Let's start over. Jonathan Taylor is having a heck of a season this year. Let me start with his traditional stats. Okay, he's got 270 attempts. He's averaging 5.6 yards per carry. He's got 1,518 yards on the season, 17 touchdowns. This is coming off a year where he averaged five yards per carry last season, had 1,100 yards rushing. So he's really becoming a he's really becoming a very good running back saw that now i'm not a big analytics guy i'm not a big gen stats guy i think it works in some areas however i think brandon staley and john harbaugh have proved how analytics aren't the end all and be all in the nfl there is a little bit of gut decision that has to be there however saw this week today thought it was interesting i am somebody who's advocating that jonathan jonathan taylor should be the mvp this year (laughs) 
Uh, this comes out from Jim Sain. says, typically it's tough to maintain massive efficiency at high volumes. Despite league, leading the league in carries, Jonathan Taylor also leads all running backs, minimum 100 carries, in EPA per carry, rushing success rate, and rushing yards over expectation per carry. And that's obviously from the next gen, next gen stats. Now, we used to have arguments when we talk about the NFL that we weren't talking about all the analytical data, but the analytical data tells more and more of a story. We've heard tom brady we've heard the argument for aaron Rodgers. we've heard a little bit for dak prescott we've heard a lot of these that patrick mahomes is now back in the running uh josh allen early in the season in your opinion is there anybody out there that is mimicking what jonathan taylor is and how important he is to his team because to me right now jonathan taylor is the most important player to his team in the nfl Give it to him right now. Give it to him right now. Two weeks ago, give it to him. No, here's the thing that, that I always I always would debate a lot of times. Is it the MVP of your team, MVP of the league? Like, mm-hmm. we have to have this discussion. I mean, it's it's all of the, you know, the things that go on. Would Jonathan Taylor be garnering this much attention and, and this much praise if Derrick Henry never got hurt? Well, this is my argument, though, right? Yeah. Because I think at, at one point this season – um, Derrick Henry had like a hundred more yards than Jonathan Taylor. And he'd been out for two weeks. Right. People <laughs> yeah, were like, pe- people were like, see, see, see. He's still However, in the top five in rushing. He is. However, though, at that time when Jonathan Taylor was like a hundred yards off, he was basically a game away from, from going over Henry. He had something like stupid, like 57 less carries than Derrick Henry. Like, that was the, the craziness, right? Like, Derrick Henry runs the ball so much that I think his stats get a little inflated based on the amount that he goes. I, I think when I looked at the last time I checked, Derrick Henry was averaging like 4.4 yards per carry or something of that nature. Jonathan Taylor's averaging 5.6 yards per carry. This guy is averaging more than half a first down every time he touches the football. Like mm-hmm. that—that's a scary pre- premise. When you got to go up, that you know this guy alone can, and that sixty whatever yard touchdown that he ran off against the Patriots last Saturday. Yeah, that's not even an uncommon occurrence for him. No, you know not. that, and and that's to me where I think yes, Derrick Henry is that workhorse. But if you look at it from a pure effective execution rate, Jonathan Taylor executes way better than derrick henry which is why two weeks ago i stood up and said you have derrick henry and king taylor over over in uh, in indianapolis because yeah. from a pure effective standpoint jonathan taylor is better than derrick henry i don't care what anybody says to me i was the only thing i was concerned about taylor when we came into the league is that he ran for a lot he had a lot of you know tread taken off the tires when he was at wisconsin at least wisconsin um, I just looked it up real quick. The uh, the the MVP candidates really quick. Uh, so you got Brady, Rogers, Garrett, Murray, Stafford, Herbert, and Cup. Are that's one article that I just pulled up. Sure, Brady, I think took a hit this week. Um, when you take some of his weapons away, you took a little bit of a hit. Rogers, he could always be in the discussion. I know a lot of people don't like him, but he always could be in the discussion. Uh, Garrett, no, Murray, you took his best red zone weapon away now. And look what happens. They lose to the Lions. Um, Stafford and Cup probably cancel each other out. 
in that respect. So if you lose one, you still have the other one. What happens, you know, and Justin Herbert's on that list as well. Uh, playing, He's playing well. I don't know about MVP, but he's playing well, but he had a little bit of trouble. But you look at that, and then you look at all those guys. What if you remove any of those guys from those teams? Obviously, the quarterback garners the most attention and has won the most MVPs. But if you take Taylor off of that team, you know, you're going to have trouble scoring any kind of points. You really will. Even though Carson Wentz is reunited with Frank Reich, uh, you're going to have a lot of trouble on that team. Even though I think the other running back they have is Naeem Hines. Um, I, yeah. He's not the even the he's more of the third down scat back type of guy, like a Darren Sproles, if I'm going to bring up a guy from the past. But you look at what he does Old and what school. that guy means to his team. That is the MVP. That is the, I, I, no question about it. That is the MVP. If you could still have production with removing that player, then that guy's not the MVP. So that that's how it works for me. If you could still be a productive team without that guy on the team, he's not the MVP. And he's he's by far and away separated himself from the pack where this past week even, you know, doing what he did against the Patriots, I think separated him from everybody else in the league. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh Jesus! If I had it, if I if I had a capability of playing music right now, we put it on. Stone that, Cold themes. No, it would just be that like intense <laughs> build up. Just that. Do you remember back in the day, like '97 WWF, when they would do the shots of the guys coming down like through the locker room to the to like on for like a main event? Yes. And like that, there would just be like that, like like binary beats would just be like boom 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 as they'd be walking to the thing that's what i'd be putting on right now just this like intense like beat like as we get ready because i'm gonna i'm not even gonna lay out an argument i'm just gonna lay out a few facts and then i'm going to allow mario to try to change my mind so I didn't set up here, so I gotta entertain you guys for a second when I pull up what I need. So I'm just, a, I'm oh, just Lord. an island boy, an island boy. Did you see them get booed at the uh, Jake Paul fight and fucking kicked out? <laughs> no. The island boys, yeah. No. Fucking, everywhere they go, they get booed and fucking people throw beer at them and they just like they're fucking famous for the shittiest song in the world. I'm just an island boy, an island boy. All right, here we go. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Oh, oh, let me let me start. Let's stop here for a second. Sounds like a law firm. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to say whatever you want. Okay. So I ask for the two minutes or so I do this uninterrupted. Okay. I don't want eye rolling. I don't want anything else. Fair? Sure. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. is a seven-time Super Bowl champion a five-time Super Bowl MVP, a three-time NFL Most Valuable Player of the Year. He's a two-time Offensive Player of the Year. He was the comeback player in 2019. That's not even a part of the argument. He's a three-time All-Pro, really five-time because I count first and second teams as the same, 15-time Pro Bowler, four-time NFL Passing Touchdown Leader, three-time NFL Passing Yard Leader, two-time NFL Passer Rating Leader, NFL Completion Percentage Leader in 2007. Of course, he's a part of the All-Decades teams. Unanimous, a part of the, he's a, the unanimous NFL 100th of all-time team. 
He's a Burt Bell Award winner. He was the Associated Press Male Athlete of the Year, the two-time Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. And, of course, a lot of people forget about in college days, he was a national champion on top of it. He's got NFL records for the most career passing touchdowns, the most career passing yards, the most career passing completions, the most career passing attempts, and the longest touchdown pass of 99 yards, which is tied. And he has the best touchdown to interception ratio in a season, which was 28 to 2. I will accept the argument that some of those records are based on his longevity. However, longevity has to be taken into account. Jerry Rice, Brett Favre. Ray Lewis, Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders, Troy Aikman, Ed Reed, Aaron Rodgers, Darrell Revis, Barry Sanders, Kurt Warner, Emmett Smith, Buffalo Bills legend, Jim Kelly, Shannon Sharp, Michael Strahan, Reggie Wayne, Vaughn Miller, and Joe Theismann have all said that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football. Mario, please tell me why you're smarter than those Hall of Famers. Is it my turn to talk? It is your turn to talk. I just said, tell me why you're smarter than all those Hall of Fame. I never said I was smarter. I said you, you, you failed to realize the fact that he is the most accomplished, according to your statistics that you just gave. He's the most accomplished game manager that has ever walked in between the white lines. That is what Tom Brady is. Is he the greatest quarterback to ever play the game? I don't, and this is why the goat discussion is a little funky for me because of any of those sports that people like to name goats, attach goats to, they are, football is the biggest team game you could ever get. You know what I mean? So you want to talk about goat in basketball, you want to talk about goat in baseball, you want to talk about goat in hockey and stuff like that. It's very easy to, to, um, did you say it's easy and hot? You say it's easy in basketball? to determine who a goat is because you play both offense and defense. It's really because there's five players on the team that play both offense and defense. You can have one guy that completely takes over the game. We've seen guys in the NFL that have taken over a game and still lose. That's, that's why football is really tough to determine a goat, but I digress. Why in all the arguments that I've heard for Brady to be the goat, you you listed his litany of accomplishments. Why do you think he is the greatest quarterback, Ray? Because we're having a discussion here. Forget those Hall of Famers. If any of those guys ever said that he wasn't the greatest, there would be mutiny. Lots of guys have said he's not the greatest. And people Um, will go against them. This is not the point of this video, okay? I set this up for you to talk, not for me to talk. Otherwise, I would have done done a better job. I would have done a better job setting this up if I wanted to have a real debate with you. I understand. We've had, we've had, I have my statistics and everything here. We I had know where you're coming from. Why is he great? Does he have seven rings? People need to know that Mario and I have not only argued about this on air, we've had vigorous arguments off air for 45 minutes after a show about Tom Brady and his greatness to his non-greatness. You're fucking up the Dean Blundell clip, Mario. <laughs> Tom uh, Brady is the greatest game manager to Mar- ever lace up his boots. He has been the beneficiary I have a argument of- for that. And I unplugged my fucking headphones. Stop talking. Let me talk. I have no idea what you're doing. Listen, right there though. You made the argument. People talk about game managers as if it's a bad thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do I care that Tom Brady 
doesn't have this immortal image of him flying through the air in a Super Bowl, throwing an incomplete pass that should have been an interception? No, I don't care about that. You can be the greatest of all time and be a game manager quarterback because you know what? That's what wins. Now, I know before you start dropping the whole Bill Belichick argument, he won one without Bill. Oh, and yeah, sure he did. It, at but, home against a Kansas City team that didn't score a touchdown. He won one without Bill. He won one without Bill. It he, was, did. He, he threw for he 200. Did. He threw for 201 he yards, Razor. He threw for he 500. Got, he won. For, he threw for 500 yards and lost the Super Bowl. He did lose the Super Bowl, and that was the, uh, of Bill's crowning achievements. That was his one flaw. He threw for 500. <laughs> did you know that 12 of those passes actually went over 10 yards? <laughs> he has. What, what, he did, has what was lived, that? Sorry, what was that? He has again? lived. He has lived and being keeping himself upright. I never said he was dumb. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks to ever play the game. He's kept his body healthy. He's played with the greatest defensive-minded head coach to ever have the game. 13 freaking times he's had a top 10 defense. How are you going to lose when you have a top 10 defense? Stats are for losers. Yes, they are. (laughs) And just by comparison, 13 times having the top 10 defense in his career, Manning, Breeze, and Rodgers – Combined have 10 top 10 defenses in their career. They also have a combined four Super Bowl championships. They do. Brady won the Super Bowl throwing for 201 yards. Do you want to know the list of guys that have won the Super Bowl throwing for 200, close to 200 or less? Oh, wait. It's Brady twice. He threw for a buck 45 and won the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl MVP. Seven times. Seven times he threw for 145? Maybe. I don't know. He's, he's got seven his... championships. Okay, who, who is can Bill we, Russell can, the goat in basketball? Can we can we talk about something for a second? No, I knew you were going to go there. Let's go off the championships for a second. That's my All argument, right. anyways. That's your argument. <laughs> wait, wait, did, wait, just before you go, to did your you argument, know? Did you Tom know? Brady went to a team that was third in the NFL in scoring in Tampa. Were you, were you he aware? made them the third highest team in scoring in the NFL? <laughs> well, let you know that. Are you, you aware? Go. Yes. Are sir. you aware that before they play the Super Bowl? That yes. They play eighteen other games per yes, season. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. Because do I know what happened in those games? No, no, no. Hold on. You're doing the same argument that everybody else does. To me, they talk to me about a single Super Bowl game. It's when I'm trying to defend Bill Belichick, and they're like, "Oh, what about Super Bowl Fifty Two? And and I'm like, "They played eighteen games before that Super Bowl, where yes. they didn't, where Brady didn't throw for five hundred points. So see, it can work both ways. Yeah. But see this is what you're doing you're you're looking at one game you're like look at the super bowl games look at look at the super bowl games look what I'm happens in the, the super guy's bowl. career well look at his career defense. look at his career look at his career how, how can career. the guy the guy led the league in yards in 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 seasons i mean how can you um, that's more that's more than 10 one, yards per right just me and you here now i'm just me and yeah, you. yeah fucking no one the else is here. it's just that, us it's just us the fact that when marino broke all those records no one called him the goat okay he didn't have a super bowl great when Favre broke all those records, he had a Super Bowl. No one called him the GOAT. Oh, hold on, hold on. Why hold does on, Tom there. Brady now? Hold on. Now that he has on. records, they call him the GOAT. Hold on, no. Hold on, no. First of all, Dan Marino's a top three quarterback in my mind. Thank you not, for acknowledging that. Not the GOAT, though. Top okay. three. Brett Favre is barely in my top ten. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm I would, I would agree. 
that. He's so that's why he's never going to be the goat. I would actually accept if you were to sit here and try to convince me why Marino's the goat. I would actually accept the argument. I don't think I'd ever agree with you, but I'd actually accept the argument. Uh, but as soon as you use Brett Favre as a comparison, that's that's when I just I only com- I only compared him because you were bringing no, up no, statistics no. when they become the statistical. Leader. No, no, no. You brought up statistics. You've been bringing up statistics all the time. Stats are for losers. You, we didn't bring up stats. You didn't bring up seven time this. No, no five no. time this, three time this. Germany you told me you failed a, a history test in 1996. Yes. Do you that remember makes, when that makes me me question the American fucking you remember when, um, your teacher. You want to talk about the games that they played beforehand. How about when Go ahead. Tom Brady got Go injured? Ahead. They won 11. Go when ahead. Peyton Manning got injured, they had the number one overall pick. Who would the, oh, um, the Colts. I don't know. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I totally understand it. What happened last year when Brady was gone? When he was gone last year? They won seven games. Seven games with a former MVP. And we all know that Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton still got it. Are we He's talking still, about how great Bill Belichick is or, or Tom Brady? Well, no, we're talking last year. They would have been in the playoffs if Tom Brady was there. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, because he would have managed the game and not thrown so many picks. Yeah, I know. But, again, that's why he's so good. He's smart. He knows how he, to just – Because he, do, he takes care of the ball? It's not just take care of the ball. you got to be able to decipher defenses, man. You know I that. You. You, I told you he's smart. You know that better than anybody. You know that better than – But why can't your mind make you the greatest? Why do you have to be able to fly through the air and throw incomplete passes to be Why in the conversation Montana for the greatest of all time? Yeah, Montana's Super Bowls. Give, or, give or take. Give or take. Four, no. Give or take. Montana's one, number three. two on my list. Montana's one, number three. two on my list. He's number he's two. Number two. Why? Because he just didn't, didn't play he's, as long? He's number two. Uh, yeah, well, longevity is a part of it, buddy. Longevity is a part of it. You got you to gotta take longevity into consideration. Tom Brady's played in the league for 35 years. I mean, like... And he has rules designed to keep him upright. You know what's really weird? I, I exaggerated that, but I'm not that far off. <laughs> so, uh, All right, I can't sit like this anymore, so I got to go back to talking regularly now. I would do this. You Tom, like Brady, this Tom Brady played and won. Well, he won nine AFC Championship games. He did. He won nine AFC Championship games. Heck of an accomplishment for for Tom. Do you know those quarterbacks that he played against in those nine games? Do you know how many total touchdowns they have? Ten. In the how game. about that for a stat? How about that for a stat? Do game. I even but need again, to show up as a quarterback? If you're going, if the guys I played against are going to throw one touchdown a game. But you have to you have to get to the AFC Championship game. You have to play an entire season. You have Let's to talk about that first AFC Championship game. Let's go through it. The first Who bailed one? them out. You want to go back to 2001? Who you want to go back to you, I failed I, I failed the history test out? in 96. Why are we going <laughs> why are we going back there? Who bailed them out? Why are we talking about history? Why are we talking about yeah, Drew Bledsoe. Drew he didn't Drew bail them out. Drew Bledsoe got hurt. It's not like Brady got benched. You're acting like Brady got benched. Brady got hurt and Bledsoe came in. You know I'm a Bledsoe fan. I want Bledsoe to start the Super Bowl. So it's not like you're sitting here hurting my feelings by talking about the guy who saved New England football which is Drew Bledsoe. Everybody knows that. He saved the Patriots football. Tom Brady just brought it to the next level. Tom Brady I, is do you think, Shanahan running the let me, ball. Let me Marshall ask you something. Lynch running the ball. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Here's the, here's the big question. Yes. You're, you're a big Drew Bledsoe guy. I happen to be, yes. Would Drew Bledsoe have won six championships with Bill Belichick? Be, be honest. No, he wouldn't have. Because I'm a big Bledsoe guy too, and I don't think he would have either. No, because the money that, that, that Bill got from Let's, unloading- no, let's, pre- let's pretend. Contract? Let's pretend he would have kept the money. He would have. He would have. Let's pretend he didn't have it. Like let's let same. Tom Brady was Brady. never the highest paid quarterback in the league. You know why? I know, but I'm he saying knew that, he could not win being the highest paid quarterback in the league. But I'm saying, well, fucking Bledsoe couldn't win being the highest paid quarterback either. 
that's what Belichick figured out. So what did he do? He got rid of that $100 million deal and put it into his defense. Okay, but what I'm saying, can we speak hypothetical for a second? Okay, let's pretend. No, we were. <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying let's pretend he's not the highest paid quarterback. Like, let's pretend he takes Brady money. Could Bledsoe have won six with Brady? I don't think he could have. Maybe two, you know, maybe three. It, it's hard because of, of the fallout that happens. I don't think Bledsoe takes care of the ball the way Brady did. He doesn't he's, – he's not – that's not what he – I mean, he had a seven-yard – I mean, I, I, I joke, but it's he had a seven-yard passing tree for 20 years there, and he mastered the EP system in that in that, in that that realm that he had. And then, I mean, it's it's weird too because the, the, the Super Bowl that he lost, the 18-0 and 0 should have happened. No question in my mind. That was the greatest team that did not win it. It was the greatest mm-hmm. team that did not win it. That was the one that sh- he should have won. But the other ones that if you want to have a debate on of – how did he win this? How did he win that? Why did he win this? Why did he win that? Brought him back against Seattle. Awesome. Brought him back against Atlanta. Awesome. There were things that happened in those games, in all those games. You look at the the, the one where he went, uh, he beat Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. He throws a pick. D4 lines up off sides. Like, can you get any better? Can you get any, you know, could you get any better break than that? And you have admittedly said to me multiple times that the first three Super Bowls that he won, he was heavily relying on the defense in those. Yes, 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 yes. So, but see, this is the thing, though. Here's the thing. So you want to argue seven, maybe it's arguing four. Okay, still, here's my argument, though. Okay. We talk about the rings. And and again, I didn't lay out this argument to have a real argument with you. <laughs> I know, I know. You know that what I threw at you is not my argument that I ever make. I was yeah. just, I was doing it for effect. Um, my my gotya was when I talked about all the Hall of Famers and said, "Tell me why you're smarter than them." Right? Oh, that was I'm not I'm not at all. I just that was just that was me. that was the gotcha moment. But um, <laughs> if I was laying out my argument for you, it's not all about the rings. It's about yeah. the complete total body work. It's a the longevity has to be taken into consideration from where he stands as an all time across all players in the NFL. And yes, there are rules to protect him, but the same rules are there to protect other guys like Ben Roethlisberger, like Peyton Manning, like that didn't have the same longevity as Tom Brady. Yeah. But you talk about his mind, you talk about it. Why can't his mind make him the greatest? If you look across the league, I can make the same argument for a lot of the quarterbacks that have played the the position. Hold on, I'm, I'm not I'm not done yet. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's a lot that comes into being a great player. The mind is one of them. The longevity. I was in the middle of longevity and you're talking about the mind. The mind mm-hmm. is another. Yes. The grind of an NFL season. A lot of guys who have retired and said it's not their body breaking down, it's they their body can't take the grind of an NFL season anymore. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're also talking about a guy, and I this might sound like a ridiculous, stupid argument, but you're talking about a guy who played in a cold-weather city his entire career outside of the last season and a half, two seasons. You know what I mean? Where it could be vicious winters. Mm-hmm. And, old man, I'm 35 now. Fucking winter feels different than it did when I was 25. I say that all the time. It really did. Like, I didn't wear a fucking winter jacket when I was 25 years old. Now I'm bundled up like I'm a fucking, like I'm living in igloo. It's ridiculous the way winter affects me 10 years later. You talk about the longevity. You talk about being able to grind this season. You talk about his mental game on the field. Who's Julian Edelman if he's not a New England Patriot? Can we be honest? And I know the same argument could be who's Tom Brady if he's not a Patriot. I get that argument as well, right? But people talk about all this help he got. Would you stack up if I said to you, hey, no quarterbacks, like 
we're going to take two quarterbacks off the street. You've got Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Dawson Knox. You're going to go up against Rob Gronkowski, Danny Amendola, and Chris Hogan. Right? What what's that? What side are you taking? You're going to take the side that is Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs, right? Because who the fuck is Chris Hogan? I know you guys had Hogan, but really, compared to those guys, who's Chris Hogan? Who's Danny Amendola? They're 300-yard guys a game that have a couple of big moments in the playoffs. Gronk, Gronk is Gronk. He's probably going to get hurt sometime throughout that season. Gronk anyways. is probably like the greatest tight end that ever lived. Gronk's a douchebag. Don't even. I can't even defend. I can't even talk about Gronk. Just why? Because he's from Buffalo. No, that's make. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons. But let me ask you this right now. I'm going to ask you two different questions. I'm going to tell you. First no, no, all, I got no, no, no. You got me on Gronk now. No, 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 no. If Tom Brady is drafted in 1999 by the Buffalo Bills, he's working his 20th year at a car dealership in Buffalo. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So probably. that has to be taken into consideration. Number one. Number two. You net. You said Bledsoe. What about some other quarterbacks that he's actually Brady's comparable to that people don't like as as far as the GOAT discussion? What if you such put as, those guys on the such, Patriots for the, that, that duration? Such as? Rodgers. I'll tell you why Rodgers wouldn't have won a bunch of Super Bowls with New England. I think Breeze would have won 10, to be honest with you. No, That's my number I, one pick. Maybe Breeze. Rodgers wouldn't have 10. Won. So did you hear what Rodgers said to Pat, Pat McAvee after the Buffalo game? Oh, I don't know what he says to on all the time. I have no idea. No, so they asked him about Mac Jones only throwing the ball three times, right? And he yeah. says, no, you can't play a football game like that. You have to throw the ball down the field. You have to take shots. You have to do this. Uh, the Patriots took the wrong, you know, did the wrong thing. That's what he said, right? So I sat there and thought, the Patriots won, right? Like, and you're, you're doing it critical as if they lost the game. That tells me he never would have fit the Patriots, because he wouldn't have been there's games that Brady threw it 15 times. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, there was games that Brady. There's a, there's a different mentality to play in new England as well. Rogers wouldn't have fit. I used to think Rogers would fit great in new England. Then how do you explain Tampa? By the time Bruce Tom Aries Brady has, has, has a thought process that says no risk it, no biscuit. He wants to throw the ball down the field all the time. Quarterbacks yeah, but, that have played for but, him has said that. But Brady wants to throw the football too. It's not wanting to throw the football. It's Deep, being okay I mean. with, but it's okay with not throwing the football. Aaron Rodgers is not okay with not throwing the football. That's I why think I, he'd be okay with the defenses that were lined up in New England. I don't think. I, don't I think, think so. he'd be uh, very happy with that. Look how he's acting in Green Bay. He doesn't have a. He never had a really top. No, no, no. Defense. I get that, but you think he would have? He wouldn't have conformed to the Patriots. You know that. That's the problem. You know he, that the. You know as well as I do. The offense has to complement the defense. In any no, no, no. I hundred percent. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers himself. I agreed with you with Drew Brees. I love Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm so fucking happy that he signed with New Orleans and not Miami. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because and oh, you Jesus. you would have been too because that you know that you might as well fucking Buffalo might as well just stayed home. That would have been years. amazing. Oh my god, I would. They would have moved. They yeah, Brady, Brady and Breeze in the division, like the Jets That's and the fun. Buffalo, might as well just stayed home. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't worry about it. But then again, you don't know because he he got paired with Peyton. They ended up, you know, doing a bunch of different things down. He there. would have been with he, he Nick Saban. Oh god, right? Don't forget, Saban left after they didn't get Drew Breeze because he realized he couldn't control his own destiny in the NFL anymore. If you did, you see the the Saban twenty on twenty or whatever they did about him. The no, I didn't know. Was it the Vice one? Was it? The, I, no. I I can't remember what it was, but oh, they did yeah, like. I think they did an, an episode, and they asked Saban, "Why did you make the move? Like you said, you weren't like." 
And he said he went to Alabama because he realized they made a run at Drew Brees, right? And when they didn't get him, he realized at that moment, without a great quarterback, you're not going to win in that league. And he also realized you can't control your own destiny. Where in Alabama, he could control his own destiny by recruiting and getting the guys that he needed and wanted, right? And that's why he went back to college, because they didn't get Drew Brees. That's the real reason Nick Saban left the NFL, because if they would have signed Drew Brees, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick would have been in the AFC East for a long time going at it with each other. Oh, those two guys. I, oh. Oh. They would have had, listen, like, for, forget the argument for a second. They would have had <laughs> Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Nick Saban and Bill Belichick in the AFC East for like 20 years. You know, we can make that argument though. We can we can always go on a tangent with that because there there are guys that flourish in college that just don't flourish in the NFL. John Calipari in basketball. You but know, there's, Sab- there's a bunch of Saban guys, yeah. flourished. There's an argument to say that the Cleveland Browns last playoff win, which was under Bill Belichick, was Nick Saban's defense yes. that won them that game. Yeah. Right. They're so both cut from the same cloth. I mean, it's scary how much those two guys are alike. Yeah, it's well, and it's funny because it's not like Saban was a uh, he wasn't a tuna guy. You know what I mean? He was, uh, he worked for Bill's father. That's mm-hmm. how, that's how they met. He worked for, he yeah. worked for, I don't know what Bill's father's name, Steve, no, Steve, Steve Belichick. Belichick. Yeah, Steve Belichick. Yeah, he worked for yeah. Steve Belichick. And that's how they met. So it's not like they were even like Parcells guys. He just, they're just the same guy. That's the weirdest part of it all. Mm-mm, no. All right. We had some fun. I got to get out of here. Mario, tell the people where they can find you, man. Always you great. You can find us hashtag sports uh, on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at hashtag two, the number 2.0. We're going to be broadcasting. Obviously we're going to have some, some fun next week. Hopefully Uh, get ready for some fireworks. I'm about to put together a promo for the new England uh, Patriots versus the Buffalo bills. Always a great time coming on here and talking with you, Ray, every Wednesday. Um, Yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have a lot of fun with with this game uh win or lose so hey if you're free do, for the uh, post game did you want me on your post because i'm not doing one so i i'll be good yeah yeah you definitely come oh no no i can't sorry i can't i'm away for the christmas holidays i can't all right all actually right, maybe send me the link if i can get it on my phone i'll come in on my phone you got it no 100 so yep. uh yeah i know you came in after the last patriot game and yeah you you uh you 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 uh tempered your expectations for us so it was, it was good what do you mean I tempered my expectations? You didn't. You could have destroyed us on that post game. Patriots in, the in Bills. fairness, that was when I started my my. That's when I, I was so sick. When I when I, <laughs> if you recall, that's when I first started getting sick. So I was tired. I was sick. And let's face it, it's not like I walked away from a game where Mac Jones threw the ball three times, feeling fucking great about the team. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I didn't walk away like. What a game. I mean, I think I described it the game the next day. I was on the Dean Bundell show and I described it as the most weird, boring, interesting, fucked up game I'd ever watched in my life. You know, like you just waited for them. Like you just waited for him to throw the football and it never happened. It just never happened. No, no. Guys, anybody, anybody who's watching on the Ray Route Patreon page, don't go anywhere because as soon as we cut off from YouTube and Twitter, the party keeps on rolling where I'll be answering all of your questions. Mario's still not answering me whether he's staying or going, so we'll find out when we get I gotta go wrap presents, my friend. I gotta go wrap So he's out of here. So it's just put it off. (laughs) There we go. Guys, make sure you smash that like button, hit subscribe. Don't forget to hit that little notification bell. Find out every time I go live, every time. I am. Uh, I post a video, guys. Tomorrow it's the final show of 2000. 
and 21. I will be away for the holiday break. I promised my significant other and the two little ones that kind of look like me who run around my house that daddy would take a week off. We'd go to the cottage and he would just be with them. I'm going to do my bare minimum obligations over on Dean Blundell and uh, news break. So make sure you tune in tomorrow, the final show, 2021. I will be back on January the 3rd, hopefully talking about the Patriots, the AFC East. However, I will sneak away with my cell phone up north after the game on Sunday and try to hit a little bit of a post game with my boys over at hashtag guys. So make sure you hit that. Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. I'll be on that like crazy during this break because if I can't get my outlet here, I got to get it on uh on twitter don't forget to check me out on news break cover the entire nfl there i also cover the entire nfl over at deanblondell.com the mothership deanblondell.com find my blogs and podcasts all the links in the description mario merry christmas my friend all the best to you and your family happy new year we will talk very very soon until next time kids you're all legit kid what up patreon hope y'all are good looks like mikey's the one who's watching hope y'all are doing well hope y'all are doing good and uh going to uh i just gotta send a little uh send a little link over to my boy rhino because i like rhino you know how it is you know how it is you know you know Ah, guys, hope y'all are doing well today. I'm just, I'm tired, man. I got that holiday, I got that holiday-ish-gish stuff that I just want to, you know, chill the fuck out and just whatevs, you know. Um, But I had a good time. Hope you guys all had a good time, too couple of y'all watching let's get into your questions that y'all had to ask for and uh let's do this for those of you listening on the podcast hope you guys are all doing well five questions five comments thomas says uh how do you watch football do you focus on the ball after the snap uh do you watch the defense how can you read before the snap do you uh feel free to do a belichick speech like the o-line um yeah, how do I watch football? I focus on the defense pre-snap. Uh, I don't know why. I just do. And usually I watch the the best player on their defense who's not a cornerback. So, like, when the Patriots are on defense, I watch Matthew Judon when he's on the field to see what he's doing. Um, I watch, uh, you know, I try to see come off the edge. I try to see if he drops back in pressure, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm watching. Uh, if Judon's not on the field, I'm usually watching the middle linebackers to see what they're doing, to see if they're blitzing. Um, I like to see if the corners are sort of roaming around. That's definitely one of the uh, 
the pieces I'm looking out for. I, and I'm always looking, trying to figure out pre-snap and post-snap reads on the defense because what what a lot of defenses are doing now that they're doing really, really well is they're showing one thing, and then as soon as the ball is snapped, it's not even like at the end, it's when it's snapped that they go into their new reads. Like you see Judon lined up on the edge. He's shaking. It looks like he's going to come flying at the quarterback, and then he, he gets up and he, he drops back into coverage. And I think that it's 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 absolutely phenomenal. So that's what I'm normally watching on both sides of the ball. Like when the Patriots are on offense, I'm not watching Mac Jones or anything like that. I'm kind of like I got like one eye kind of like I, I look over to see when the ball's being snapped. But I'm normally watching the best matchup against the offensive line. That's what I'm usually looking for. Um, I'm looking for their best player going up against our weakest offensive line. So I watch Isaiah win a lot and watch who's coming in on his side because he's just a fucking turnstile for the most part. Uh, but that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the pre and post snap reads by the defense um, and what they're doing. And again, I think a little bit of that is my offensive line days of trying to decipher, especially when we go up against like being a being an interior lineman. I didn't necessarily always have a guy lined up on me like a tackle. Whether you run a three, four or four, three that you're going up against a tackle is always going to have a guy lined up on him as an interior guard. An interior lineman, you if someone they're in a three four, you might have a guy over the center, but you don't have him over you. So unless you call for a specific double team on either side of you, you kind of have to look up and see where the linebackers are coming from, or see if there's another guy coming in, or if there's a safety coming in on a blitz or or anything of that nature. So because that was always sort of my look as an interior guy, I'm always sort of watching that front seven of both teams to see what they're doing but normally when i'm watching the game and just chilling i'm usually focusing in on one player again with the patriots i'm always watching red sleeves to see if he drops into coverage or see if he goes um i like to watch bentley a lot and see what he's doing adrian phelps is a guy i keep an eye on you know so i kind of like i kind of switch from player to player and try to figure out what reads are doing uh and then sometimes i just kind of try to shift my my eyes around the entire defense um that's basically that's how i watch a game though (laughs) Uh, Thomas, it's almost like you knew that you were going to get one of those long, detailed answers from you with that question. Appreciate it. Um, Thomas says, you could add any player to our roster, regardless of contract, et cetera. Who would, who would it be and why? It'd be TJ Watt. I had a TJ Watt on one side, Matthew Judon on the other. They would combine for like 55 sacks this year. Uh, it'd be unbelievable, the reads that they would get. TJ Watt is is on the level where he's starting to compete with who's better, him or JJ. That's how good TJ Watt is. Absolutely love the kid. I think he's so phenomenal. Um, Like, he's like the JJ territory where, like, you know, what body parts you want for me to to take off. Uh, He's injury-prone like his brother, uh, but seems to stay on the field just a little bit more. The kid's absolutely unbelievable. And I could just – I just imagine him and Judon on either side of the field, man. Uh, It'd be unstoppable. So that's my list. Uh, don't you love the Chiefs fans whining about key players on the COVID list? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna stay off of that, but yeah, after they had a little bit of a laugh over Cam Newton last season, good on you. Uh, do you think against the Bills it will be a run heavy game or a lot of passes? Isn't it smarter to still run a lot because? The Bills think it'll be a passing game. I don't even think it's because the Bills think it's going to be a passing game. I think that the Patriots' strength is just running the football. And because the Patriots' strength is running the football, I think that's what Bill Belichick is going to do. Um, I I have no illusions of 
Belichick doing anything different. I think, I think what they saw against the Colts where they weren't able to sustainably run the football the way they wanted to. And because of that, they found themselves in situations where they were forced to pass. And I mean, I did a breakdown the other night, uh, basically regarding, you know, I did a, a, how Mac Jones hasn't been great when he's got to throw the ball like 35, 40 times a game. We don't really want Jones to throw it more than that 25 to 30 mark. So because of that, I think it's still got to be a run game. They can run a little bit more balanced if they want, but I think they still got to run heavy on the run. Mike says, Ray, I was thinking about your breakdown of Julio Jones the other night, and I'm wondering, what are we paying Johnny per catch? Uh, the more I think about his production and how he's playing, the way he's being used is just appalling. He's getting paid like uh, a Kittle or a Kelsey and producing peanuts by comparison. These guys are threats all over the field, and Johnu is being used like Isaiah Zuber, uh, gadget type. Uh, he needs to improve, slash New England needs to use him better. Was going to write something massive on this, but decided not to, and just get it off my chest, Mikey N. Um, I haven't done that breakdown. I'd have to go look at it and do it. Um, I, I probably don't criticize the Johnu Smith signing as much as I criticize the Julio Jones because... Uh, the Titans gave up a second round pick and they're paying them. All the Patriots did was give up money uh, for Johnny Smith. Um, yeah. Smith hasn't been good. I, a little bit of, I think is scheming. I don't think they're using him appropriately. Obviously they're going heavy for Hunter Henry. Um, so that's obviously one of the big ones. Um, but I, I also believe that. Um, yeah. John needs to play better. Johnny hasn't been good. It's. I would say John Smith, Nelson Aguilar's output is probably under what I wanted from the two of them. Hunter Henry's a little bit more. I'm trying to, what I wonder is, is what the expectations are for both those, for, for all the, the free agents. Because like Hunter Henry's been just an absolute beast on third down, beast in the red zone. But has he been the guy we really thought we were going to get. I don't know if that's just me being a little bit whatever. Maybe I'm being a little bit of a douche, but yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? I don't know. It, it's something I'd have to see. I think that... Um, Sorry, I'm getting asked to join something. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird one. It, it's an absolute weird one. I, I do think it's a combination of Josh McDaniels and Josh McDaniels and Johnny Smith. That's what I'm getting at. I know I'm kind of hooming and hawing on here because it's just it's a tough one for me to hit. It's it's a tough one for me to get just because it's uh it's different. Yeah, I don't know. Um, sorry, I keep getting this these messages. I'm trying to respond to. Um, yeah. Mikey says uh, NA has been making some good catches, but they haven't used him. Are oh, you talking about Nelson Aguilar? Yeah, no, they haven't used him a lot either. Uh, Mitch Ryan says, are they saving him? I don't know, Rhino. 
to be real with you. I don't know. Um, uh, it's fair. Like I said, I wanted uh to vent instead of writing a book tonight. Yeah, um, I'm really I'm confused about the whole John Smith thing, not by your question, but by his output this year. Because I I mean, if you guys remember, I came out and said he was a better signing than Hunter Henry. That was my real opinion of it. So I'm not entirely sure just exactly what the fuck is happening. You know what? Let me think about this a little bit. Maybe it's something we can address tomorrow on the podcast tomorrow night because um, I'm going to look at those numbers too. If I can find time tomorrow, I'm going to look at those numbers and and do it by catch. Now, the one thing is Johnny Smith is a little bit more important in the run game and Julio Jones is for the Titans, but um, I'm going to look at that stuff because I think it'll be good. All right, guys, that was all I got today. So I appreciate y'all um don't forget no hangout this friday no hangout next friday i'll be back on january 3rd and the hangouts will resume that friday which i believe is like the 7th or the 8th um 7 30 p.m eastern time every friday uh you guys are we have the hangout so that's it um take care guys take care patreon remember tomorrow last show 2021 last patreon of 2021 and we'll get this going until then remember you're all legit kid Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.